Welcome back to episode 41, where we are going to be talking about some of the things that you probably have questions about early in your pregnancy before you are even able to see your provider, since they don't normally schedule appointments until 10 or 12 weeks for that first prenatal visit. So I hope this is helpful for you. And then I also wanted to mention that this is officially the last episode of 2023, which has been such an incredible year. The first half of the year was a lot of planning and businessy things, and since July, when I launched my hands-off hospital birth course, I just counted that I have supported 43 families through my birth course and coaching services, which is incredible, not to mention the countless DMs and emails that I've responded to with just little bits of information that is hopefully helpful for parents to help them make their pregnancy and their birth less stressful and a whole lot more enjoyable. I love supporting families in this way so, so much. So if you are one of these 43 moms, thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your story and for supporting my mission to hopefully reach 10 times the amount of families in 2024. How cool would that be? So thank you so much for being here and let's get into the episode. Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. I just wanted to jump right in and remind you, or maybe you don't know this yet, but the most critical period of a baby's development in utero is in those first 12 weeks. Before your first trimester is even over, all of the major organs and body systems are completely formed with the exception of the brain and the spinal cord, which continue forming and developing throughout your entire pregnancy. So of course, we want to do everything possible to have a healthy baby and eliminate the chance of birth defects or other harmful exposures to baby, but then we don't even see our provider until maybe 10 or 12 weeks. And this is a huge problem and why education and support of pregnant moms should be established early on. It would be great if every woman had support preconception and providers had time to inform and educate couples about how to support their bodies to be able to have a healthy baby from the start, but that usually doesn't happen. You're not going to get that in your clinic, so I am so glad that you are here and I would love to support you from the very start of your journey. So in early 2024, I will be opening up 10 seats to my virtual coaching program that I am excited to be sharing more details about very, very soon. I want all mamas to feel supported wherever they are in their pregnancy and would love for you to be part of this small support group. So stay tuned for those details. Okay, so now I would like to talk about some of the most important information that would be helpful for you to know as soon as possible so you can support your baby's development and also yourself to have a healthy pregnancy. You shouldn't have to wait until 10 or 12 weeks of pregnancy when a lot of the hard stuff and emotional things are over to establish care with your provider. But that is the reality. So to prove my point, I just wanted to list some of the things that you may experience or maybe already have in your first trimester before you even were able to see your provider and that you had questions about. So I would be curious to know if any of these things sound familiar to you. So thinking things like, how do I survive this nausea? I can't eat anything healthy like vegetables or protein. Is my baby going to be okay? I can't take my prenatal without throwing up. What should I do? 
What's the best prenatal that I should be taking? Is there a difference between folic acid and folate? Is spotting normal? When should I be concerned? I am worried about miscarriage. How can I get past this fear and anxiety? Can I exercise? Can I drink coffee? And if so, how much? Are there foods I should avoid? And how do I choose a doctor or a midwife to even schedule that first appointment with? Of course, I hope that once you do choose who you are going to schedule your first prenatal visit with, you will be able to get in touch with the nurses if needed and schedule an early uh, earlier appointment if there are concerns. But it's really rare actually to get any reassurance or support before your appointments. And then when you do have your appointment, they are very, very short. That first appointment is usually about 45 minutes. I think they schedule it sometimes up to an hour, but usually 45 minutes or less. Um, and also, if they haven't seen you yet, a lot of the times the nurses aren't comfortable giving you advice over the phone unless you were to come in. So there's just some issues there with the healthcare system. So it's really important to have something like a support group or maybe a friend or family member that has had babies recently that has gone through this and have them be your support. So I do recommend finding outside help to navigate pregnancy outside of Dr. Google. So look for prenatal groups in your area, mom support groups. A doula may also be able to help. And this is actually one of my favorite ways to support moms as a doula now is as a continuous contact person to help a client navigate whatever it is that they are going through. It can be so frustrating and isolating to have an experience in pregnancy that's uncomfortable or causes anxiety. So to get personalized answers to a question and that personalized support, if something is you know not normal or you just you're feeling off, is really important. And that reassurance from somebody else that has gone through it themselves, or someone like me who has experience with now this is my third pregnancy personally, and also helping hundreds of moms have their own natural hospital births and you know amazing pregnancy experiences, um, just being informed and in control is helpful to have somebody with that knowledge as well. And since I don't know your situation yet, I did want to give you some quick tips for the above points that I mentioned of things that might be happening to your body or things that you are questioning but haven't yet established care with your provider and maybe have no other way to find information other than Google. So Nausea and morning sickness, that in reality is all day sickness, often in that first trimester. To avoid that, you can try small frequent meals. Carbs are good at this point. It's usually what most moms actually want. And then trying to pair that with a protein, if you can, like nuts or cheese, that helps to stabilize your blood sugar and that helps reduce nausea as well. Eating something small before bed and then Also, right before you wake up, even before you get out of your bed, you can have a little snack. I always have graham crackers in my nightstand in my first trimesters, and that's literally the thing that gets me through that initial morning sickness. So also make sure to stay hydrated. Consider ginger or peppermint tea or lozenges. Some moms like to eat sour candies, like Sour Patch Kids, to take that edge off of their nausea too. So it's up to your personal preference and also what you find works for you. And because you're maybe feeling nauseous, you might be losing weight instead of gaining weight, which you probably think you should be gaining weight even in your first trimester. But it's actually very common to either stay your same pre-pregnancy weight or actually lose weight. And you might gain a little bit too. So there's a very wide range of what is possible. But I wouldn't worry if you are a few pounds down from what you were when you found out that you were pregnant. 
I myself have consistently lost five pounds with each of my pregnancies in that first trimester, and it seems to be right on track with this third baby. There is really no need to worry because your baby is so, so small, and they're actually taking whatever it is they need from your body first before you even you even get the benefits of that those nutrients that you're eating. So baby is doing great. It's just you that probably is feeling kind of crummy. If you are vomiting multiple times per day, you know, every single day, and you can't keep anything down, even fluids, that would be a time to consult your healthcare provider maybe sooner and come up with a plan to make you feel better and tolerate those foods and hydration. It is rare that this happens, but I have had patients in the clinic come to me in their initial prenatal visit and tell me that they have been at home for the past two weeks, just so, so sick, but never called for help. So definitely don't suffer through this initial nausea period because it can be very, very intense and it can be dangerous if you're not eating or drinking anything for weeks or you know days at a time. Um, there are a lot of different things that we can try to find something that works. Next thing is if you can't take your prenatal vitamin in that first trimester because of the nausea, I honestly just recommend to do the best that you can. That's all we can ask. So I know for me, this pregnancy, every time I even look at my vitamins, I want to gag. And I have definitely missed several days in a row for the last few weeks. But I am just trying to take them when I feel a little bit better during the day. Sometimes it's in the afternoon or before bed. I take six pills in total, so spacing those out throughout the day can also help. Taking them with apple juice has helped me, and really just listening to my body. And if I really can't tolerate tolerate taking those vitamins one day, that is just going to have to be okay. There was one morning, it took me 40 minutes to eat two scrambled eggs, but I did it, and I actually felt pretty good after I ate them. I was then pretty ambitious and wanted to take my prenatals and, you know, feel good about myself, have a great morning, that I ate breakfast and took my prenatals because I hadn't done that yet. And two minutes after I took the prenatals, I unfortunately threw up everything that I had worked so hard for. So it was a struggle of a morning, but I have since not gambled with taking my prenatals if there is a potential of me losing those calories from a healthy breakfast or meal. So I don't know if you can relate with that, but I am glad that I am almost past this part now because it really is so, so hard. As far as what prenatal vitamins I recommend, you can look up the ACOG nutrition guidelines on online and on their website, there is a chart with all of the different vitamins and minerals and the amount recommended during pregnancy and actually even breastfeeding too. So comparing your prenatal to that list is a really good idea. I use pure encapsulation prenatal vitamins because they match up really well and have L-methylfolate, which is a more bioavailable or easily processed form of folic acid to help support a developing baby. So you also want a vitamin that has iron in it as well. So avoiding those gummy vitamins, if possible, is ideal. But then again, if that's all you can tolerate for now, maybe try the gummy vitamins for a little bit. And then once your nausea is over, switch over to something else. So that's an idea as well. So switching gears a little bit to the common worries in that early first trimester, we know that miscarriage, right, is the most, it's most likely to happen in that first trimester. And I talked about this a lot in episode 39 about the pros and cons of waiting until you're 12 weeks pregnant to announce your pregnancy to family and friends. 
But it's important to not ignore the feelings that you're having because it is a real fear and it can be absolutely devastating for women to feel excited and then guard your heart, you know, all at the same time, you know, just in case something were to happen to the baby. So this is a real thing that happens. It's okay to be worried about it, but hopefully it's not consuming every single minute of every single day. Um, So if this is kind of on your mind right now, definitely go listen to episode 39 um, and hopefully that helps. As far as spotting happening and contributing to that fear of pregnancy loss, it happens in about 25% of pregnancies, but it does not always mean that there's a problem. So if this does happen, it can last for maybe a day to a week with some mild cramping and the blood can be brown to bright red, but it really should not be enough to saturate a pad. This would be more of a concern and a reason to consult your provider. If you do have concerns, even if they are more on that normal side that I was talking about, it's never the wrong thing to get checked out and to go to urgent care, to go to your provider, to get that peace of mind and to see your baby or to just know what is happening in your body if that's making you feel better. But it's also not necessarily always medically necessary to intervene. Um, It's completely up to you on what makes you feel better in that situation. The next question many women want to know is what restrictions do they have in pregnancy and if they can exercise? So you probably can continue most of what you are actually doing pre-pregnancy, favoring movements that are low impact and listening to your body. There are a lot less restrictions than you probably think. I remember in my first pregnancy being told I shouldn't lift anything heavy and Now I have a 50-pound, almost four-year-old, and a 30-pound, one-and-a-half-year-old. So these are huge children that for their ages, and they a lot of times want to be held and, you know, need to be moved from place to place and into the car seat and high chair and all those things. So I have to lift them up. There's no way around that. So, of course, I'm mindful about how I'm moving my own body, um, but I also feel strong enough that I'm am not restricted in any way to not be able to carry them. So you have to also be the judge of what feels good in your own body. Also, coffee consumption is a concern for moms who are used to a cup or maybe several before they got pregnant. And the general guideline is to limit caffeine consumption to 200 milligrams per day. And Be sure that if you are drinking coffee to also stay hydrated with water as well because caffeine is actually really dehydrating. If you want to switch to a decaffeinated tea and limit the amount of caffeine or decaffeinated coffee, um, this is an option as well. That's totally fine. So then I have two more questions that this last week have actually come up many times on my social media, one after posting about my Jimmy John's sub with deli ham on it. Yes, I eat cold deli ham and raw eggs like in cookie dough. I can tell you my first pregnancy, I did not touch either of those things because I was nervous and I wanted to reduce any risk at all. But now learning more about what I should really restrict and figuring out for myself what risk is worth taking, those are two things that I am okay eating within reason. So I tell expecting parents just to be smart about it. And if you want, you can eat deli meat from a reputable place. Don't eat food that's been sitting out for several hours at a party or something like that. And there is such a low, low chance of anything being contaminated and for you to get sick. 
For me, ham sandwiches were all I could really eat at one point. So I kind of just went with it because that's how I was surviving. And I don't feel guilty at all about that. And the worry with deli meat is listeria contamination. And there are actually a lot of other things that can be contaminated as well that doctors aren't mentioning to women during their appointments. So they might be saying, don't eat deli ham, don't eat raw eggs, don't eat sushi, never because the the risk is so, so high. But there's actually a very low risk of getting contamination and being sick from these things. But also foods like fresh fruit and vegetables and those prepackaged salads that you can buy, those can also be contaminated as well. I'm sure you've heard of recalls out there for things that you may have purchased even when you weren't pregnant, and that can happen at any time just the way that food is processed and things like that. So there's always a very, very small risk of that happening, but we can never really completely eliminate any risk. So just doing the best you can and eating things that are uh, washed already, like if you are eating fruits and vegetables, make sure to wash them um, and just not eating things, like I said, that are left out for a while or that maybe came from a sketchy place. So it's really just the best that you can do. I personally don't worry about it too much, but that is something that you have to decide for yourself. And the last one is in your first trimester, you'll be deciding where you want to give birth and what doctor or midwife to hire as your provider. This is a much longer episode that would be needed to cover these things, so I did want to mention that I have a free download to walk you through choosing a provider and basically interviewing your provider at your first appointment to be sure they are the best fit for you moving forward. So that link will be below in the show notes, but you can also find it at bethconnors.com forward slash questions if you are interested. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope some of your questions that you've been wondering have been answered here, and you don't have to wait much longer until establishing care with your provider. That first appointment is an exciting one to anticipate and start this journey in pregnancy, but at any point if you're looking for more information, more support, even a friend to chat with that knows a lot about pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and babies, I would love to hear from you and for you to be one of the 10 women that joins me early next year in my virtual pregnancy support group. If you're interested, please fill out the form in the show notes so I can let you know when the group is starting and there'll be some more information on there as well for you to think about. So thank you so much again for being here and I will be back in the new year. Bye everyone.